0: Okay, everybody, it's story week. I love stories. I absolutely love stories. I think of all the formats that I really love the most on Instagram, it has to be stories, you know, where whatever happens with the posts and the content, I'm always there in the stories. I think, you know, stories have such a powerful way to create a real authentic connection with people. People want to see behind the scenes and in your life and what you're doing and get, you know, extra tips and tricks from you and just have that kind of raw content. You know, they came out initially for Snapchat and they're called ephemeral content, which is content that Uh, disappears after 24 hours and then of course Instagram copied it which of course you know Facebook has to do this stuff obviously and then we had them for Instagram. Now when they first came out on Instagram they were absolutely massive loads and loads of people got pushed towards them nowadays they have been a little bit dumbed down algorithmically and you know of course reels are in the mix now as well so you know there's lots of other video going on but they are still such a core part of Instagram and they really are still such an important way to connect with your audience. And whether you have you know massive numbers for your stories or not, the people that watch your stories every day are your true fans, are the people that wanna hear from you, are the people that you have a trust connection with, and ultimately are the people that buy from you. I imagine for you as someone on accelerator here, You were probably watching my stories before or you'd seen my stories before. They really are such a powerful way to communicate and connect with your followers. Now, I wanted to, you know, before I start talking about stories theory, I wanted to kind of take a bit of a rewind back and recall a bit of my journey around vlogging because, you know, a lot of the understanding and the theory and the content approach that I have for stories which you'll see in the stories masterclass comes from a background of vlogging and I wanted to kind of just talk to you a little bit around what that was like and kind of recount that experience because I think it's good to kind of give you some background as to you know how I got to where I got to with stories and how you can perhaps get there too. Now. I have, as you know, been creating content across multiple channels for years and years and years. And I do have a YouTube channel, albeit, you know, an abandoned one that I used to run. And on that YouTube channel, I used to post uh, content on there, little tutorials, you know, little lessons, little social media stuff. But when I was working more corporate, I was posting more corporate stuff. You know, I dabbled a lot, it varied a lot. And it was really kind of my space to kind of experiment. It never took off at all, um, but it was my kind of space to experiment. And, you know, I got to this point on YouTube where I was kind of posting these tutorials and not making any traction nor no one was watching them. That I thought to myself, you know, maybe I need to kind of like up the content rate. I'd, I think I was watching a lot of Gary Vee at the time. And, you know, one of Gary Vee's mantras is, you know, more content, post more content. And I wanted to get more into the raw content side of things, really kind of get into being on camera you know, 24-7 style and what that would look like. So I kind of committed to start vlogging and I found an incredible creator. I think he's got to be my favorite creator of all time is Peter McKinnon. If you haven't seen Peter McKinnon already on YouTube, just go ahead and look him up because he is an absolutely incredible person, incredibly, incredibly skilled photographer and videographer but also this sort of on-camera presence which is you know authentic and fun and engaging and you just want to you know talk to him and be in his world and be his friend and he's you know very very welcoming and he's just got this fantastic presence that really kind of drew me in and he was vlogging at the time and I just loved these vlog videos that he was making and I kind of said to myself you know I'm nowhere near as interesting as this guy but that doesn't mean that I can't you know give it a go and, and try some vlogging for myself and see how I might be able to you know get closer to what he's doing. So I already had you know a pro camera at the time so I kind of picked up my pro camera, got a shotgun mic, strapped it to the top of my camera, and then started going around and carrying my camera around everywhere I went the first thing I did was I was visiting um, Germany for some conferences that I was speaking at over there and I thought you know I'm going to vlog this experience and I took the camera with me and of course you know made the whole process as difficult and exposing as possible the first time I did it and you know I was there filming in the taxi in the airport and you know in the conference rooms and behind the scenes and walking around with my camera on a gorilla pod and kind of talking to my camera and it was the weirdest 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 experience I think you can actually do. And you know, because you've got this big camera on this Gorillapod, you you know, sticking your arm right out to kind of get in the frame. And then you kind of talk into this camera. And, you know, you have to think about what am I going to talk about? Like, what am I going to cover? What am I going to talk about? When do I take this thing out? When do I shoot with it? What do I say? Is this even interesting? Am I just talking to myself? And of course, then you have to think about, you know, who's watching you and and whether that's embarrassing, right? So, you know, I'm literally walking through an airport with this thing outstretched, filming myself and talking. And, you know, people walk past you and they wonder what you're up to. Really, they don't actually care, but, you know, they still look and they still wonder what you're up to. And you're always self-conscious of them, particularly when you're delivering to camera and talking to camera. You're always so self-conscious of all the people that are watching you. And, you know, it is a bit of a scary experience, even for me, as someone that was used to kind of being on camera by that point, you know, vlogging was an entirely different experience, something that I'd never experienced before. And something that is quite exposing. And you really have to get over your fear of, you know, taking a camera out and talking to camera, like in the time that I was doing vlogging, you know, there were lots of times when You know, I'd be on site somewhere and someone come up to me and say, hey, you can't film here. You know, hey, what are you doing? Hey, you can't film here. You know, if I was on location somewhere, there'd be some security guard whinging at me about something or whatever. You know, you kind of have to really push the comfort zone. And I really feel like vlogging is probably one of the, you know, furthest things that you can push yourself from a video perspective you know there's obviously you know there's acting there's tutorials and there's delivery to camera but vlogging is something entirely different you know you're walking around in public talking to a camera, people don't get what you're doing, sometimes you're in places where they don't want cameras around, and you just got to do it, and you just got to kind of make something of it, and you got to kind of like, you know, even when you're talking to other people, you've got to try and bring those people in and go, you know, hey, and then get that person to look at the camera with you and talk to the camera, and then get that other person to deliver the camera, it's a weird experience. It's it's a brand new experience. But, you know, at the same time, that's why I wanted to do it was because I knew it would really, really push me and really, really push my comfort zone. And I think that's, you know, what was really interesting for me. And, you know, I wanted to share some kind of key insights from my experience and what I learned through vlogging, because I really feel like, you know, stories are such a great platform for vlog-like content, you know, they're there when you're out and about, you're doing something, you're capturing the moment, you're kind of talking to your camera, you know, looking straight down the camera, reflecting, talking, having conversations, bringing people into the moment that you're in, you know, helping people take you on a journey. And and vlogging, I think, is, is the core skill set that sits behind all of these things. You know, when you first start on stories, you're probably just you know, gonna talk and share a little tutorial on camera. But as you evolve into stories, you know, they'll get more pervasive throughout your everyday and you'll share more and you'll take people more into your world. And, and that's when the authenticity and, you know, the real insights start, right? So, you know, I, was, I thought I'd share some, some key things that I learned in my time vlogging. Now I was vlogging for a good year, like every day and I would take that vlog and then I would get home and then I would spend about two hours in production producing this thing, properly producing, you know, not just kind of like cutting together, you know, I'd have, you know, backing tracks and I'd have speed ramping and crossovers and I'd have effects and, you know, it would be properly produced. You know, I'd film a lot you know, in 100 frames a second, and then I kind of slow stuff up. And I do, you know, a lot of shoot a lot of B roll, you know, I'd zoom in and then kind of pan out, pan across things. And, you know, actually put in a lot of work for these vlogs, they weren't just kind of like raw, kind of just cuts of random stuff. You know, they were properly end to end produced, and doing that every single day, day in day out for a year, you know. Uh, So one of the biggest things that I learned in my time, vlogging was just how absolutely critical immediacy is in this format okay so when i say immediacy here's what i mean so let's say you have your camera or your phone in your bag okay something happens to you and it causes a reaction now in order for you to then capture it on camera you then have to bend down unzip your bag ruffle around for your phone, with your camera, pull your camera out, you know, s- screw the tripod on, change the settings, put it in front of you, hit on, then kind of hit record and then go right, okay, and then speak to camera. Okay, now that whole process might only take 30 seconds, or it might take a couple of minutes. Whatever it takes, though, kills the immediacy and kills the moment. Okay, kills the moment because you move from sharing something that's, you know, in the moment to something that's reflective of the moment. It kind of moves from, hey guys, check out this thing that's happening right now into, hey guys, check out the thing I just saw, okay? And, and a tiny delay in the time between you actually experiencing the thing and capturing it on camera is the difference between authenticity or not, okay? When you're kind of reflecting something, recounting something, telling a story back about something, it is not the same as capturing your actual feelings in the moment, right? So you might go out and do a workshop, and then, you know, four hours later, go back and say, hey guys, you know, I did a workshop today, and that's fine, it's an interesting story, but you haven't taken me into that world and you haven't shown me like how you felt and what it was like in the workshop itself in that time. Okay, so even like a 10 second delay is the difference. And what I found with vlogging is, you know, stuff would happen to me, right? I don't know, I'd bump into someone or something surprising would happen to me. I'd walk past something surprising and I go, oh, that's quite interesting. And then I'd kind of have to stop, get my camera out, walk back, And then walk past it again and then kind of like recreate the moment artificially because I hadn't captured it in the moment. And it might have only taken like 30 seconds to do this whole process again. But it turned from, you know, a true reflection and emotion into almost a performance, which for me really really made a difference to the footage at the end you know it just wasn't when I was first doing it it doesn't it didn't feel like I felt in the moment I was sort of kind of going through the footage afterwards and it was like yeah no I got that but I'm not I I don't when I watch this back I don't feel like I felt at the time right it was kind of missing something so one of the biggest things for me that I did, which made them the biggest change in you know, the level of authenticity I had in the content I was creating, was I carried my camera on my shoulder at all times. I never ever put it in my bag. I carried it on my shoulder all times, and it was on at all times, albeit it would switch into standby mode. But it was literally on my shoulder, 24-7. When I was out vlogging, it never, ever went in a bag. Ever. It never went into a bag. And as soon as something happened or I thought it was about to happen, I'd whip that camera around and I'd just go, i just hit record, okay? Because it was already turned on. Like, even just switching it from off to on can kind of kill the immediacy, right? So it was already turned on. Literally kind of wing it out in front of me, hit record and go, guys, i just realized something. I've just experienced something. This is amazing kind of thing. And for me, that was the biggest biggest shift in my ability to be able to communicate, you know, more authentically and more effectively. And it actually made the whole process that much more enjoyable because then, you know, when I was talking to the camera, I really felt like I was bringing you into the moment, not recalling the moment and being like, well, you know, you weren't there. So let me tell you about it. Right. I really felt like I was bringing people actually into the moment And you know, for me, that felt more inclusive. I saw it in the post production, I saw it in the footage afterwards. And you know, that's how I kind of, you know, really honed this, you know, what I like to think, you know, persona that I have on stories, which is like, you know, it feels like you're with me and that I'm talking to you, you know, and that for me was a big thing, the immediacy, right? Now in the work that I talk about, how I have my phone on a stand next to me. Whenever I'm working at my desk, I have my phone elevated next to me at eye level at all times. And again, that's just an extension of that immediacy so that, you know, if anything ever happens to me or something occurs to me, I can literally look to one side, my phone is right there. I'm not digging it out, not unplugging it. You know, I'm not having to go fetch it from somewhere. It's literally at eye level, ready to record at all times, and I can just look to one side, there it is, you know, it's elevated at eye level on my desk, and I can literally go hit record on stories, and go, I've just thought of something, here's my reflection on something, here's what I feel about something, something just happened to me, and let me tell you about it, okay, and I think for me, that was one of the biggest shifts that I ever made in the in the vlogging space i I highly recommend you try and do that for yourself as well you know do not put your phone in your bag okay if you are out and walking around and you want to get on stories you can't have your phone in your bag you can't have it anywhere that's not accessible particularly if it's not very accessible you'll kind of go oh i should put that on stories and then you think to yourself oh yeah but it's at the bottom of my bag and then you won't do it You won't do it. Even that small amount of effort will put you off from doing it. So you literally need it, you know, in your pocket at all times. Okay. And then you need to make a habit of actually doing it. Okay. So immediacy also means that you kind of commit to making in the moment as well. So not only do you have the thing on you ready, you actually commit to making. And that is going to be a habit for you, you're going to need to develop that habit where you don't go, oh, that's quite interesting. I'll talk about that later. I'll remember that for later. Because, you know, if you try to remember something for later, you will never share it and you'll never do it. And even if you do, it won't feel the same. And you won't really enjoy the process, right? So you need to really work on that habit of as soon as you think something is good for your stories, you need to get on your stories and film it, Okay immediately, and, you know, I'm, I, when I say immediately, I'm saying if 10 seconds goes by, you're taking too long. I mean that immediate. Yeah. So I want you to just get in there, get involved and really start, you know, making in the moment more, because that is what will really drive good stories for you is making in the moment. Okay, that's going to be a habit for you. So you're going to need to work on that. But as soon as that moment comes up, you think, "Oh, but that'd be great for my stories." We'll do it then. Get it out, record it, and do it. You know, after you've recorded it, of course, you can look at it and go, "Actually, that was a bit naff." And then you, you know, you don't have to post it to your stories, but you still need to work on the habit of the immediacy. That's going to be the biggest shift for you, particularly when it comes to you know the continuous. Creation of content for your stories. Like, I never plan my stories, I don't need to. I have the immediacy habit where, you know, anything that I think is, you know, relevant to you, I can share it. Now, I do use a lot for my stories, and when I was vlogging, that concept of thematic thinking that you heard about earlier in the podcast where, you know, I experience one thing and then I think about how can that apply to my audience through my content pillars or through the thing that I talk about. And then, you know, kind of adjust that lesson and learning to be relevant for my audience. So, you know, another thing that really helps me is the thematic thinking when I'm experiencing the world and in my everyday. There is a lesson in absolutely everything you do every day And that lesson always has something that can be transferable to be specific to your niche. And all you need to do is think about what is the transferable lesson or skill or insight here that can be something that you can repurpose into people for your niche, okay? And it might be a metaphor, it might be a quote, it might be anything, right? But there's always something you can transfer. And if you haven't started doing thematic thinking yet, Then go back to the podcast and re listen to thematic thinking because it's a really incredibly powerful tool for seeing content everywhere and then turning that content into an endless, you know, endless, endless funnel of ideas that you can be using in your stories. So, the first part about it is, you know, the immediacy absolutely making in the immediacy. The second part is the connection and the familiarity with the camera itself. Now, of course, when you start this thing, you're gonna be looking at the camera and thinking, this is weird, this camera is looking at me. You know, how do I get over this camera? What a weird thing to be doing, right? And here's what's really important, right? A camera doesn't judge you. A camera is just a metal box, okay? It has no feelings has no emotions, has no judgment. All of those things are created by you, by your perception of the world, what you choose to believe and what you choose other people believe about you. But the camera itself doesn't have any judgment towards you at all. You know, it's just a camera. It's, just, it's an inanimate object that simply responds to your commands. It has no thoughts or feelings or anything. So it's not intrinsically scary as an object. It's not a scary Object okay, it is only scary because of what you create around it. And I've talked previously in this podcast about not sharing okay, about how you're not obligated to share anything. Okay, when I was vlogging, there was so much footage that I cut on the editing floor, so much stuff. I was like, you know, I thought that was an interesting thing to talk about at the time, and then I kind of got back into the editing floor. And I was like, you know, what? that's not really a very interesting thing, or it doesn't really contribute to the narrative or, you know, editorially, it doesn't really work here. And I would just cut it. Okay. So you can be filming yourself and practicing on camera at any time without this obligation to share. I think, you know, people seem to think that anytime I record something, I'm obligated to share it. And, you know, that comes from this sort of Facebook world, which is like, oh, you know, that picture's not good enough for Facebook, you know. But that's not true, is it? You know, you don't have to share anything at all that you create. And you should, when you're practicing on camera, you know, be actively making in a way where you never intend to share. Like, you may even be making in a way where you intend to delete after you make that particular video. Don't feel obligated to share anything that you create at all, you know, that's yours. The camera won't share it. You're the one that's sharing it. If you're choosing to share it and put it out there, then that's entirely up to you. But don't kind of get lost down this spiral of, oh no, you know, it's gotta be perfect. Get yourself all worked up about being on camera. And then, you know, end up just trying to go at it, beat yourself up and trying and trying and trying because you're so obsessed by the fact that you feel obligated to share this thing that it has to be of this really, really high level. And what happens is, you know, because you're so obsessed with this sense of it's gotta be perfect, you actually don't end up making stuff, you don't end up practicing, and so you never actually overcome this worry of yours because you're just kind of stuck in this infinite loop of you know worry and perfection and analysis paralysis, right? you can be getting better on video without sharing any of that footage with anyone and i encourage you to be making in that safe space for yourself and you know not sharing out into the outside world and just practicing for you no one else just for you just record yourself talk to camera you know have fun try stuff out and don't feel obligated to share the more you practice this thing the better you get at it. When I first started vlogging, you know, it was super weird for me to be talking to a camera and you know, the camera's, again, the camera's inanimate, so I'm like, hmm, it's weird to be talking to you. And I had to kind of change the way that I thought of and understood the camera to be, okay? You know, not this inanimate object, not this kind of periscope that's staring at me, you know, you know, magnifying my face and magnifying everything about me in this kind of like, you know, big brother lenses looking at me. I had to change the relationship I had with the camera to be able to help me really connect with the camera. And, you know, one of the biggest, biggest things I learned with this is and what I realised is the camera, a camera is the very, very best friend you will ever have. The best friend you will ever have. Because number one, it always listens. It's always listening to you, okay? Whenever you want it, it's there. You don't even need to turn it on. You can just look at it and talk through it. It always listens. You know, it never questions you ever. Never questions you. It never shares anything you don't want it to share, right? And it always has a true recollection of everything you've said now tell me how many of your friends have all of those things the answer is zero you know you kind of tell your friends stuff share stuff with your friends and you know it comes back and you're like no that's not what i said in that story and you remember it differently or your friends end up telling another friend about something that you said you can't really trust them to keep a secret you know and your friends like interrupt you they don't really listen to you fully as you might like And they're not always around to be there when you need someone to talk to, you know? Whereas a camera is always there. It's it's literally like having the very best friend you will ever have in your pocket 24-7. 24-7. And you're in total control of this thing. You know, you can talk to it, you can share with it, you can be vulnerable with it, you know, and you can watch that back and learn from it and reflect on it. And for me, You know, when I was in the editing room, watching my vlogging back, I learned so much from just watching myself over and over and over again, talking to camera. I learned about what I'm interested in, you know, what's resonating with me, what I really liked, what I didn't like, what worked well, what didn't work well. And I spent so much time with me in the editing room that it taught me so much reflection, introspection and clarity in that process where I could watch myself back, listen to myself, that it really, really helped me get absolute clarity on, on what I wanted to do and what I was passionate about. You know, and all the coaching calls that I have with you guys or with anyone in any one of our products, you know, I listen to all of those back, potentially several times over. All my coaching calls I have with you, all the workshops, you know, the lives that I go on when I talk to other people, I listen to all of my content back all the time. I'm always, always re-listening to all of this content because I'm interested to hear what I'm interested in, what I'm doing, how I'm positioning myself, you know, how I'm going about things, what are the lessons learned and how I can continue to finesse these messages to really hit home. And, you know, and that's why, you know, hopefully, I think you, you'll be enjoying this podcast, and you know, getting a lot out of this podcast is because this, I wouldn't be able to be saying all these things and having learned all these things that I'm sharing within this podcast, had I not watched hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of me in the past, you know, hundreds and hours of me talking Listening, editing footage of me, understanding what I'm doing, you know, watching back everything that I've said, watching back my coaching calls, watching back everything. The only reason I'm able to talk with you at this level of clarity is because of the camera. Okay, it's because of you know the camera or a microphone, right? It, I I only have that because of the camera, and that's why I'm such a passionate advocate for cameras. You know, it's not, I'm not a passionate advocate for cameras because they're like, oh, hey, they're the future. This is marketing and video is important. I don't really care about that so much. What I care about is how much of a transformational impact a camera can have on you and how much it can help you learn and grow and develop and get clarity and ultimately make an impact through its nature. So because... I started understanding that the camera I was carrying around with me, you know, it would be my counsellor. It would be someone who I could share stuff with. It would be someone who I could talk to and a friend, you know. Ultimately, I realised that actually my camera is my best friend, you know. My camera would also be capturing, you know, really important moments with my family and my kids and my life, it will be documenting my life. You know, if I don't document my life, who is going to document my life? And you know, what would my kids have to remember me by when I'm gone? You know, how can I be creating, you know, footage and content and stuff for them to be able to watch and be able to kind of see me and see what life was like and, and all of these things. I started really making documenting part of my everyday and the camera was always, always, always there to be able to do that for me. And I'd be able to you know, capture these moments and relive these moments and experience these moments all over again because the camera was allowing me to do that, right? And for me, that was, is such a precious gift that my relationship with the camera now, you know, I consider my camera to be my absolute best friend my absolute best friend for all of those reasons. So when I talk to the camera and I get on stories or I'm doing vlogs or whatever, when I talk to the camera, I talk to the camera like it's a friend because it is a genuine friend, right? So the reason why I'm able to create a connection with you through my stories and through my content in that way was because I talk to my camera like a friend and therefore you feel like you're my friend as a result, right? When I deliver to camera, you know, you feel like I'm talking straight to you. The reason why that is is because I'm talking to my camera like a friend. So firstly, I'm looking straight in its eyes. That's the lens. I'm looking straight in its eyes. And then I'm kind of like engaging with it. I'm sharing emotions. I'm sharing moments. I'm sharing authentic stuff with it. I'm not afraid of it. You know, it's a best friend. It's someone who I can confide in. I'm not afraid of it. And all of that energy, that connection, that authenticity translates through the lens from me to my best friend, the camera, and then from the camera to you. So it feels like you're my best friend because I'm talking to the camera like a best friend and the camera's capturing it all. And then you watch it back and you feel like you're my best friend. That's how we're creating a connection here, is shifting how you see cameras completely. And instead of them being something that's like, you know, you're a victim of the camera, like, oh, I'm worried about the camera, I don't like how I sound, I don't like how I look, I'm worried about getting stuff, messing stuff up, you know, it's almost like this kind of victim view of a camera, where it's like, what's the camera gonna do to me next? I want you to shift that view and just understand how unbelievably significant your, you having a camera at all is. And how much that camera can give you, whilst at the same time, how you are in complete control of this. This isn't out of control. This is not you being exposed. You don't have to share stuff you don't like. That's up to you. You are in no way exposed here. You're not being like, oh, God, you know, I did this for the first time and I'm totally worried about it and stuff. It's like, why are you doing it for the first time in Instagram stories? Why aren't you just doing that for yourself at home? Like, why are you putting yourself through that? You know, because it's not going to help you building this up and up and up and making it into this really, really big deal. And I can guarantee you no one on the other line even cares. They don't care they don't care why because all they care about is the people that are sharing they don't care what they're sharing they care the fact that you're sharing at all because they are your friends and that's what friends do they you know they're just they're just interested in your life they just want to see behind the scenes they're not judging you the anyone that might be judging you is someone who isn't on camera yet so all they're saying to themselves is I wish I could be like that person. I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. Anyone who is on camera now knows what that experience is like. They are not judging you. They know exactly what the experience is like. They've all been through it. This is a this is a you know a trial that all creators must go through. Anyone that is is on camera now and watches someone else be on camera, they know exactly what it's like to get started and how weird and, you know, odd and difficult it is. They know exactly what that's like. So they're not judging you because they know exactly what it's like. Those people that are not on camera yet are looking at you going, I wish I could do that. They don't care about the level of perfectionism. They only care about the fact that you've done something at all. And they're comparing themselves to that and thinking to themselves, I wish I could do something at all. This whole perfectionism thing doesn't exist from an audience perspective, right? Anyone who's on camera has been through it and they know what it's like and they don't judge you because they've been through it themselves. Anyone who isn't on camera is just looking at you and thinking, I wish I could do that. That's it. That's it. It's the same for being on camera as it is for being on stage, as it is for being on a podcast. It's the same. All these blockers that you have in your head are entirely in your head and because they are in your head, you can choose to remove them. My recommendation for that is to change your relationship with the camera. Change the way you think about your camera. Don't think about being, you know, amazing and perfect for your audience. Forget your audience. Change your relationship with the camera and know that you don't have to share. This doesn't have to be a super uncomfortable exposing thing for you. It can be a gradual process. It's up to you. Obviously, you need to share at some point in the future, That doesn't mean you need to kind of go all out and put your first ever, you know, trial run out into the public, does it? You know, you wouldn't do it with a hobby. Like the first time you ever practice a hobby, you wouldn't like live stream it, would you? You know, it's like, oh, hey, I'm going to learn Taekwondo today. This is my first ever lesson. Let me live stream it. Like, it's like, (laughs) you wouldn't do it then. You don't have to do it now if you don't want to. The important thing is that you start working the immediacy, working the habits and changing your relationship with the camera and understanding all of the things the camera can give you. Once you understand what a camera can give you, everything starts to lift because now my relationship is easier. So it means I can express myself more. I can put more energy in. I can stop being so worried about, you know, delivering, right? Authenticity really comes from a combination of immediacy, but also, you know, a lack of discomfort, Okay. If you're super nervous and freaking out on camera, it's hard to be authentic, isn't it? Not because you're not, just because you can't focus on your full self in that scenario. You're too busy freaking out, right? So you can't show up 100% as you because, you know, 50% or 80% of you is freaking out, okay? So all we have is the remainder of you, which is absolutely fine because that's where everybody starts. But, you know, if the camera itself is freaking you out, that's going to, gonna, you know, make it harder for you, right? Which again comes full circle back to the whole change your relationship with the camera. Change your relationship and, you know, know that the camera is there to help you to be your friend and to help you make that impact that you really want to make. That's what the camera is for, you know. And the last bit, the last bit of all of these is what I alluded to earlier, which is you will make so much more content than you ever use. And you should be thinking about making more than you ever use. Okay. The only way you're going to get to good content is by wading through the shit content. Okay. There's going to be plenty of shit content that you need to wade through. There's loads and loads and like hundreds of thousands of hours of footage of me which is completely unusable because it's not relevant doesn't work editorially it's just not very good you know take after take after take for my reels you know there's lots of stories that I do that I end up just going do you know what I went way off topic there I'm just going to redo that retake it all the time you know there's loads and loads of content that you're never going to use that's by design right you're not there is never a point where it will be perfect. You're not supposed to be trying to be perfect. You know, think about a, a Hollywood actor. Any scene that you see in a Hollywood movie has been ta- reshot over and over and over and over and over and over, and over, and over again. You know, and, this, and, and you're talking about high-end you know, actors with 30 years experience. They will still shoot the same scene 30 times from different angles, the director will change a word here, change a word there, change an emotion, change a facial expression, tweet, 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 tweet. You know, this sense always got to be perfect. like, well, look, if the professionals that you see in Hollywood can't get it perfect, why are you, why are you trying to be perfect, right? Because the, the, the answer is there's no such thing as perfect because it's creativity, it can't be perfect because it, it's a subjective thing right only you know science and empirical measurement can be perfect everything else is completely subjective it's completely subjective it cannot by its nature be perfect there's no such it literally can't it is not a measured outcome it is a subjective outcome and therefore it cannot have any real measure of perfection or not you know and in 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 all these movies these actors are retaking these scenes over and over and over and over again and you should be understanding that from as a content creator that is what you should be doing you should be creating loads and loads of content that you will never use that's completely unusable that's just a bad take that just doesn't make sense or whatever that is part of your workflow you have to understand that this is part of your workflow it is not a professionalism thing it's not an experience thing it's not i oh you know when i get better i'll be able to do it you know just because you see my reels you know and they look polished that doesn't mean i didn't have 10 takes where they didn't work you just don't see that remember on the editing floor all of the stuff that doesn't work gets cut away you never see it You never see all of my crap takes. You never see all of the stuff that doesn't work. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Of course it exists. Thousands and thousands of hours of footage on my computer of stuff that's just bad takes, doesn't work. You must understand that anything that you do see that looks polished has had take after take after take behind it in order to get there. And of course, as you get more accustomed to this for your everyday stuff like stories, it will get easier and there will be fewer takes, if any. And, you know, you'll be a bit more comfortable with the rough and ready and a bit more comfortable with the, the scratchy stuff. And you'll get to that, you know, really lovely utopia, which is understanding, you know, the value of a retake versus whether anyone will notice that accidental stammer that you made. You need to look at it and go, well, look, no one's actually going to notice that I went in the middle of that sentence. So I'm not going to bother retaking it because, you know, I've got other stuff to do. I've got more content to make kind of thing. You'll reach that point, but you have to understand that, you know, perfectionism can't can't be perfect because it's subjective and that behind anything that you see is take after take after take, footage after footage after footage that's been cut out that doesn't work. Okay? You know, you you look at my reels now and you're like, oh, they might work. Great, but, you know, I've got loads of reels that I made that I've never published because they don't work. It's not like every reel I make works. (laughs) It's true for everybody, right? It's true for everybody. So don't pressure yourself with this thing. Don't burden yourself with this thing. You know, liberate yourself from this thing and enjoy the process. You know, make in the immediacy. Change your relationship with your camera and understand that perfection isn't possible doesn't exist doesn't exist if you can get your head around those three things you'll be able to show up far more be more creative more spontaneous and enjoy this process and it will help you anywhere you go whether you're on camera or you're being recorded you know anytime you're in a media format it will help you and what i love about stories is they're just a great format for getting you on and doing and sharing and getting you into this more document, more free, more you know, sharing mode. And because they're ephemeral content that disappears after twenty four hours, they're giving you that license to be rough and ready and raw. You know. It's not like a YouTube video that you're gonna pop up, you know, and will stay there unless you delete it. You know, with stories, they'll they'll be deleted after twenty four hours. They're gone guarantee you have no control over that. It will be deleted. Whether you think that's good or bad, it's going to be deleted. It'll be in your archive, obviously, for you, but for everybody else, it'll be deleted. So let's just do it, right? Let's just do it. And let's enjoy the process. So I'd love to hear from you, you know, as we go through this week, as we go through the story channels, I want to hear what your experience is, what you're sharing, what you're doing, and how you're enjoying this process. I really want to hear from you about what is working for you, what's scary and what's not. And again, you have right now this community that is your safe space, that is your group learn, that is your support buffer to help you through this process, right? So the more you push your comfort zone through this process, whilst you are in this safe space, the more you're gonna achieve. So let's really go for this one. It's not a lot of actual time and effort, right? Making one story a day, that's not a lot of time. You could probably do that in less than a minute. But mentally, there are challenges there. If you're not on stories already, you know, there's gonna be something for you to push through. So mentally, there are challenges to come through. Let's make sure we do that whilst we have the support, whilst we're in a safe space, whilst we have people to support us and big us up. Let's do that now. Don't do it on your own. Don't wait. Let's do it now. Do it now whilst you have the best chance and the best support network you've ever had to get you through this. Let's do this now. Let's do this now. Share and trust me, Once you're through this process, once you've done it a few times, you're going to look back at it and think, what was that all about? Why was I so worried? And it will change. You know, I talk a lot in this podcast about how, you know, once you start making progress, your perspective changes. And then suddenly, you know, the solutions you see before you or the blockers that you see before you shift. So sometimes it's not like, you know, how do I just, oh, how do I solve this thing? I can't solve this thing. I'm so confused. What we just need to do is we need a small win that's gonna change your perspective. This, this week is that, okay? The story challenge, this is the small win. Just getting you to do really, really small things on stories now that will change your perspective on the camera, on how you view stories and how you view showing up, so that in the future, you will have a completely different perspective and you'll be able to do it more effectively in the future. That's what we want. It's not about being good or perfect or anything. You know, it's about, finding a small win, overcoming a small blocker or a big blocker that's going to then change your perspective and help you unlock an aspect of you that perhaps is locked right now. Try it out. Give it a go. Talk about it in the community. See you in there. Bye.